It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Welcome. Welcome to Done Being Single. We are Done Being Single. We are, and you we and are I. your hosts, Trevor and Robbie. How are you, honey? Um, that is an excellent question. <laughs> it wasn't meant to trick you. Uh, you know, it was a little bit of a tough week. A but, tough week? Um, but it's got me thinking. I've been doing some deep diving into my thoughts. You mean like... I knew you were going to do that. I, you know what? I know you. You do. Yeah. That's where I've been. I've been okay. diving deeply into some, you know, some philosophical questions. Such as? Such as, which is the topic for today. Such as? Well, this is what, this is what I was, have been thinking all week long. But it, in the last maybe 24 hours, it sort of crystallized for me. If I'm doing everything right, what's going wrong? I'm doing everything right. What is going wrong? That is the philosophical question. It's really deep. Of our time. So you look in the mirror and everything is going right. So why isn't everything happening for you? I mean, not me personally. Okay, but yeah, me personally. Sure, everybody. You know? Okay, so who can't relate? Who can't? Who can't relate? to feeling that you are in good faith, giving it your all, doing your best, making an effort, and yet you're still coming up empty. And it could be in any field we're talking about. It could be professionally, it could be in a relationship. Yes, in, in any area of life. Right. Do you feel that sometimes? No. Of course you don't, because <laughs> but, uh, you no. are Robbie Sharp. No, I... I I, I, I think we all superstar. do. I think it happens. Uh, You're Jesus Christ, when, superstar. When it's add in on a tennis court and you suddenly, you know, God, I'm, I'm hitting, I'm playing the ball. Why am I, why is that ball not going in? Yeah, it, it happens. Of course, we all feel it. It's insecurities creep in at various times. I want to get to the bottom of that. Okay. Why is that happening? And I have some thoughts. I have, I want to. Spec- you have some thoughts? I do. Can you believe it? I, I, Can what, you believe what, I, I, I'm shocked. You're going to really have to twist what? my arm today. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to really pull teeth to get me to talk. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, I've been deep in thought over this whole thing. Okay. So here's what I kind of think happens when you feel like you're striking out, even though you you think you're doing it all, you're doing your best, you're doing everything right, and yet, okay? So here's, I've, I have six things. I, these are just my feelings. Well. Okay. Number one, you could be over-efforting. 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 Trying too hard. We see that in some people, objectively. I think we can see that happening. Yes. I don't necessarily see it in you or ourselves, but I have I, witnessed that. I have seen it on the tennis court with myself. <laughs> everything comes back to everything tennis. Everything comes back to tennis. It does. Uh, yes, it's, it happens. It happens. I would like to also include overthinking. Okay. Because when you get into your head too much, 
or you try too hard at anything or you want something so bad, you know what happens. You tend to either doesn't go the way you want or you keep it away from you. You know, this tennis analogy is going to go far <laughs> because I'm thinking, how many times have I told you you have more time than you realize when the ball's coming at you? You have more time to, yes. to make a decision, to make a move. Right. And sometimes you get a little anxious and, you know, yes. and that's, uh, you might be thinking about too many things at one time and... You muscle boom. it. You muscle it. So... Instead of, instead of relaxing into it. But isn't that a great metaphor for life? I think so. I mean, seriously, Right. I, I know personally, I weigh, I over effort. I do things too hard, and it I and I just know I have to catch myself. It's being mindful and breathing, mm-hmm. and and saying, okay, I'm going to ease up on whatever, or I'm going to, you know, get out of my head and not be so consumed with something or obsessed well, with something. You do have a a habit of always going to the darkest place first. When presented with some things, I do, and I'm always I'm an trying. I'm always trying to get you to not go there. Yep, and to take a breath yes. and realize you always have options. You've always got different things to consider than the well-worn path no, that is a, so well-worn. You've got a whole court to work with. Mm-hmm. Okay, we should have really have a tennis a, podcast. This is a tennis analogy. I think we missed show. our calling. Well, I don't know. But, we could uh, be the new uh, John McEnroe. Chrissy, as, Chrissy Everett of as podcasts. As my father always said, put a tennis racket in a man's hand and I'll tell you all you need to know that about That is him. so true. Who you are on the court yeah. is so... It's, it's kind of who we that are. That is so true. Your yes. id comes out. Everything yeah, comes out. It does. Okay, so back to my list. Yes. All right. Oh, I, I'd also like to add overanalyzing. Okay, so there's overefforting, overthinking, overanalyzing, me, me, and me. Oh, I do all of that. Aren't they all connected? Okay. Okay, here we go, number two. This could be, this is, I know we're I thought we were eight two. already. No, 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 no. And we're going to repeat all this with our uh, guest today because I think she is the perfect person to discuss all this with, okay? Number two, you're doing everything right. What's going wrong? Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're unconsciously self-sabotaging. That goes back to some uh, Gay Hendricks conversations that we've had. and Yes. Uh, that was a wonderful episode. and Upper Limit we, Problems. We learned a lot about... Uh, self-sabotaging it is uh for real it is a phenomenon everywhere you go in life people you you, wow i see it everywhere and so that's something to look at why why do people self-sabotage when everything's going everything you're doing everything right and what's not happening okay number three you ready lack of self-worth comes back to that again yes that in some way you're not deserving all this hard work you're putting forth maybe in some way you don't feel worthy of success you don't feel worthy of love you don't feel worthy of accomplishment or victory or triumph achievement your own history has kept you from realizing that you uh, are deserving of beauty and good things and sometimes it might be difficult to accept it when it shows itself and you aren't ready to make that opportunity real you are the amazing Kreskin because you just jumped ahead and that's okay 
I hope without I, knowing it, you okay, just intuited I, where I, I'm going with this. But you see where I'm going with. You I, see where I'm going here, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. You're doing everything right. What's going wrong? Well, you know, it's quite possible that you don't have the proper skill set. Maybe you don't have, you need more tools, man. There's Maybe. nothing wrong with acknowledging that you need help in areas. Yes. What is so shameful about that? Nothing. You know, you can always learn more. Sorry, it is true. You may not be, you may be playing with half a deck. I mean, not in a crazy way, but I mean, not in your, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So maybe you do need, you know, coaching skills or business skills or career counseling. Especially if you are acknowledging that there is a pattern that has been repeated in your most recent relationships or ventures that cause you to look at yourself and say, God, what happened here and what happened last six months ago? It's the same thing. Hmm. You, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's it, me. It, and there's nothing wrong with that. You just may be uh, ill-equipped. And who's not been guilty of that? I mean, shit, up until like five minutes ago, I was ill-equipped to do a lot of things. Um, but that's okay. That's what learning's for. That's what self-improvement's for. That's what growing and evolving and, you know, we're all on the path, man. We're all doing it. Okay, number five, which you just kind of said earlier about history, about your history. There's an old saying that the past is prologue. Is that is that the correct way to uh, that somehow in your past, in your history, you are not used to accomplishment. You are not used to it. You your past history has proven to you that ah, I'm sorry, you you know you just can't close the deal because you haven't you haven't so far. So it could only mean that that is going to be your fate from here on forth. Even when a deal presents itself that just needs to have a smile to close it, you figure out a way to not get there. Right, and because it, if it has, it, you know, oh, why, why will it happen this time? It yeah, hasn't, right. it hasn't happened so yet. It's a so it's doomsday approach to living. Right. Okay. So. Very sad. It's really sad. Yeah, sad. That makes me. Go we we know people like this. We <gasps> we do know. People. Who? Uh, excuse mm. me. Yes. Who hasn't been that? Hello. I, you strike out, you strike out, you strike out, you know? It's easy to get into, it's easy to feel that, oh shit, this is, this is, you know, my, this is it for me. Okay, last point I'd like to make, number six. You're doing everything right, what is going, why is it still going wrong? Because maybe you have a lack of faith or belief, which kind of ties into it you know, what your past experience has been, that I somehow, I don't believe it can happen. I have no faith. It's not happened yet. Why should I have faith that it's going to happen? What's interesting is that you listed six things, and they all are kind of tied into the same thing. I mean, you're overanalyzing. It's, let's, let's talk about a tennis analogy. When, or how about golf? You know, there are a million ways to hit a golf ball. And usually when you are screwing up, it's because you're thinking about those million things, whether it's a golf ball or a tennis ball. So all of these things, whether it's over-efforting, mm -hmm. self-sabotaging, mm -hmm. lack of self-worth, you don't have the proper skill set, the past is the prologue, and lack of faith, faith or belief, these things creep into your head at the same time. You will not accomplish what it is you're trying to set out to do. Yeah. Whether it's meet somebody, 
continue with a relationship, have a new business venture, you need to have your, your gut has to be in tune and you have to go with it and not just block these other things out. Well, that's what we're here for because easier said than done, my friend. I'm sure it is. Well, on that note, uh, we are going to go to a first break. Okay. But uh, we'll come back. And who's our guest today? Francesca Hoagie. Oh. She's gonna lighten things up because I don't know. Could get it. Could it's pretty heavy. It it, it can be. She's gonna. Uh, this this is gonna be a great episode. We're gonna get a lot done. All right. So, so pencils, pads, ready, people. Assume Prepare the position. Assume the position. And we will be right Prepare back. Prepare for impact with Francesca Hoagie. And we are back. I'd like to introduce our guest. I'm very excited to have her on the show today. Please do. Okay. Francesca Hoagie helps her clients fulfill their heart-centered desires for a loving relationship, living a life of purpose, and doing meaningful work. Right on to that. As a love and life coach, she works with clients all across the U.S. and overseas to reach their goals faster than they thought possible. Prior to her coaching career, Francesca was a corporate lawyer, an independent film producer, and a professional matchmaker. She started her own matchmaking business and built a national reputation as an expert on love and entrepreneurship. She is the host of Dear Franny Podcast, where she has uncommon conversations about love with fascinating people. Francesca is also a regularly featured love expert on NBC's Today Show with Kathy Lee and Hoda, and appeared on two seasons of the reality TV show Survivor. Wow. Oh, man. She is the package. Hi, Francesca. Hey, Francesca. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, so much to talk about. So, but before we talk about anything, can I just ask, how yes. does a corporate lawyer become a matchmaker? By deciding to follow her heart. And I listen, being a lawyer is not the worst job in the world. There are plenty of worse things that you can do. But, and I was good at it, but I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to do with my with my career for the rest of my life. I felt called to do something more personally meaningful. I, you know, as a corporate lawyer, basically everything that I did was to help rich corporations get richer. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm a capitalist. It's fine. But it's just not how I wanted to spend my life. And when it came to love, it's something that I have always been especially interested in and relationships. And I kind of thought everyone was as interested in relationships as I was. And um, (laughs) because I just I was always the person who was meddling in my friends love lives like I was playing matchmaker since the age of 12 Mm -hmm. for all of my friends. Um, And I just, whenever anyone would tell me that they were single and they wanted to meet someone, I was always the person who was like, okay, let's do this. How are we going to do, let's strategize, like, let's find you someone. So it was just a natural interest that I always had. I even had a dating advice blog back when I was a lawyer, just because I liked talking about dating. And essentially what happened was I, I wound up finding out that matchmaking was a real career and, you know, not just like a TV career, but like a real career um, that real people, serious people, dedicated people actually, you know, that's what they did. And I was like, wait, I want to do that. And so basically, as soon as I found out that matchmaking was a real profession and um, I found out there was a matchmaking institute in New York and I was like, oh, my God, there's a matchmaking institute. This is amazing. And I went and I got my matchmaking certification and I really fell in love with the industry. And I was like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. 
That is so fascinating. You're in the people, I mean, even as a lawyer, you're still, you're, you're negotiating. You're, you know, yeah. you're dealing with people. You're in a, you're in a people business. Yeah. It's, it's client not, service. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How's your matchmaking record? So my matchmaking record is not as good as my coaching record. Okay. <laughs> um, so it, it's hard because it's hard to say because what, what happened with matchmaking and the reason that I switched to coaching is because I was working with, and I still primarily work with professional women, um, you know, between the ages of 35 and 50 kind of typically, but also younger and also older. And for a lot of those women, especially when I started matchmaking and I was in New York, um, you know, a lot of these women were coming to me and they were like, I want the most amazing, handsome, successful, you know, guy, I want him to play, I know you guys love tennis, (laughs) I want him to play tennis and I want him to travel and I want him to do this and I want him to do that. And with matchmaking, I found that a lot of of clients come to matchmaking with the attitude that now that I'm paying, I get to have any supermodel, billionaire, philanthropist I want. Like, even if I've never met anyone like this, even if I've never dated anyone like this. So a lot of the work of matchmaking was managing clients' expectations. Like, I still exist in the same world that you do. And if you can't get a date with these kinds of people, then I can't get you one either. And actually, it's going to be harder for me because I have to sell you. And then they're like, well, why? What's wrong with her um, that you're that you have to you know, try to convince me to go out with her? So most matchmakers only take on high net worth male clients for this very reason because if you have a high net worth male client you can always find single women who are like yeah i'll go out with him right but the opposite is harder right so um so in terms of like matching my clients into um you know introducing them to their husband i mean i'd say maybe 20 percent was my success rate but when I realized that the coaching piece of it was what people really, really needed. And I switched my focus to coaching and then wound up abandoning matchmaking entirely. I mean, I consider myself to be, to have a hundred percent success rate with coaching. And that's because when I start working with someone, we set goals, like we mutually set goals. What's success going to look like three months from now? And, you know, we're not setting a goal of three months from now, you're going to be engaged the love of your life. Though I have worked with clients who in three months did meet their future husband, which is amazing. And I love when that happens, but that's not the only definition of success. No. Um, So if somebody comes to me and they're really struggling with dating and they're struggling with their confidence and they're struggling with their self-love and, you know, they just don't have that foundation of really knowing what they want, knowing what they need, loving themselves, believing that it can happen for them, then that's our, that's our work. Our work is to get them to that place. So success looks different for different people. By the way, I just would like to add that my own observation that even high net worth men uh, have dysfunction, can be completely dysfunctional in their, in their dating and romantic lives. And I mean, dysfunctional, like no taste. Just because you make a ton (laughs) of dough doesn't mean it's going to translate. You've got oh, it together. Yeah. Oh, right? trust me. There are there are a group of men who in the New York City matchmaking community, they are well known. They have hired every matchmaker in town. They just go from matchmaker to matchmaker and everybody's like, Oh, guess who called me up again today? Because right. these guys are, you know, they 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 want love, but they're so dysfunctional and they're so attached to it, this this fantasy and 
you know, you're supposed to present this perfect person. I mean, frankly, like a lot of these, these high net worth guys who hire matchmakers, they're like, she needs to be between five, four and five, six. She needs to be between a size four and a size six. She has to have this color hair, this color eyes. Like sometimes it's so it's to me, I'm like, this is, this is not love. This is something else. Oh, and they have to be, and they have to be crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they have to be for some reason I don't know why but really at least some of the guys here in LA the crazier you are the more attractive I don't know why but seems the case for that's a whole other episode yeah, that, that's the hot me- that's the hot mess episode <laughs> but this brings me back to I just have this thought that sometimes it's better to be coached than matched sometimes I mean, I you're right it's better, it's coach, better well th- I think that Francesca has acknowledged that coaching is probably more rewarding because you're really bringing a person from wherever they were to where they really want to be, which enables them to possibly be ready to be matched as opposed to just finding a match for them. Yeah. Because it's about giving, it's about giving clients the tools and the skills and especially my approach to coaching. I mean, I am a dating quote unquote dating coach. I I prefer to call myself a love coach than dating coach, but that's kind of the, the parlance, you know, in our industry. And the reason I don't like to, to say I'm just a dating coach because my focus is very much on giving my clients the tools they need to not only meet someone, but I want them, first of all, to meet the right person. And I want them to get into a relationship that they can stay in. So one of the things that I'm always trying to explain to women who are maybe they're struggling with confidence of flirting or, you know, they're having a hard time compromising or they're having a hard time being vulnerable in their early interactions and dating. And I'm like, listen, these are all skills that you need if you want to stay in a relationship. Like you think it's scary to be vulnerable now, it's going to feel real scary to you to be vulnerable when you actually are sitting across from somebody who is really into you and isn't going anywhere, right? And you have that connection, but you also have that fear that like, oh my God, I could really get my heart broken here. So I'm all about giving people the skills that are going to last them for their entire love journey, which to me, it lasts until the day that you die. That is, that's a great thing to offer. That really is. People need you. you. Thank you. Okay. So you heard our opening segment and I want to get, I need your thoughts. But I got before I ask you, before we get your thoughts, okay, one more question. I got to know, Survivor, I've got to know, how did that, how, how did you, why, how, everything? Oh, gosh, such a good question. Why, why, why? Um, I, um, I was recruited to be on Survivor, and it wasn't something that I, you know, it wasn't something that I sought out, and I... Initially, it said no, because I was like, oh, my God, that looks miserable. Why would I want to starve on some island and, you know, backstab people and all that sort of thing? But then eventually I was like, "Okay, you know what? This opportunity is presenting itself for a reason. I'm very much a believer in things happening for a reason. So um, and also I was a lawyer at the time. So this was before I started my business and I, you know, knew I didn't want to be a lawyer forever. So I was like, you know what, this is a good break for me. Who knows what will happen? Maybe I'll win a million dollars. And, um, so that's why I did it. And, um, yeah, it, it didn't go well. <laughs> I'm not good at survivor. How did it not go well? What happened? Well, my first season, I was the first person voted out. Oh. And, um, I mean, I, I didn't go quietly. Like I, I made, I, I went out with a bang um, and basically, I mean, I will not bore you with a whole long story, but basically I just realized about myself that I am not a person who can 
I'm not good at pretending. I'm not good at pretending to like people I don't like. I'm not good at saying things to people to manipulate them. Like, I'm just not good at that. And I remember the first day I was out there and there was this one guy who I was really, I mean, he and I were like oil and water. And, but on Survivor, it's like, you know, especially at the beginning, you got to get along with everyone. And he was just another level of crazy. And so for the first day we were out there, I kept on saying to myself, like, okay, a million dollars, a million dollars, a million dollars. Cause I was trying to like, pretend to like this guy and he was really focused on me and so it was a lot to deal with and then about halfway through I was just like "Mm, you know what fuck it it's not worth a million dollars I just can't I just can't do it so anyway so that was my first season and then my second season and I actually was the first person and I'm still to this day and they're on season like 40 now the first person they who was voted out first who they invited back for another season and so I I was like okay and so yeah so they were really like you're like you're so amazing you got so screwed it's gonna be so different you're such television gold we need you blah 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 the whole thing and my ego is like okay I'm so amazing sure I'll go back and then the exact same thing happened the second time and um and by the way they have tried to get me to come back for a third season and I'm like really the answer is no this is literally never happening again (laughs) They're like, the third time's the charm. I'm like, no, 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 I don't care. I've moved on. That's not happening. So Survivor is not my game, but I give a good confessional. <laughs> wow. I want to look up some of these I episodes. Know, right? Are they available online? I'm sure you probably <laughs> can find, find, find out. Yeah, but that's, uh, they're, yeah they're, all, they're all over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we are going to go to our second break and then come back with more from Francesca Pogi. And we are back. Okay. So Francesca, you were listening to our opening segment. And yes. I, I'm doing everything right. What is going wrong? You have a client that says to you, Francesca, help me. I, I'm doing everything right. And yet still, it's, it's going wrong. Something's not happening. And I have six. I laid out six reasons why I think that might be the case. So let's just mm-hmm. kind of go over them. And I want your thoughts. Over-efforting slash overthinking. Yes. Huge. That's huge. That's huge for people. Because usually when people are over-efforting, they are, first of all, they're not trusting, right? So they, you're going through the motions of something, but you don't actually believe that you're going to get the outcome that you're seeking. And so the over-efforting is sort of a way of overcompensating for that. Because if you think about, like, say, I don't know, you're a person who, take it out of the context of relationships but put it in the context of a job search or something if you're a person and you know that like you're a total boss and you are an amazing you know fill in the blank and you're looking for a new job you're going to have a completely different energy versus somebody who's like oh my god what if no one ever hires me i don't know if i'm employable you know that's a whole different energy and so when i think of somebody who's really over over efforting it's more of that it's more of that ladder of having more insecurity and less faith how do you stop someone from trying too hard? Or how do you tell someone, hey, you're trying too hard? Whenever anyone is struggling with anything, I always take it back to self-love. Like let's, that's, I do this thing with my clients that I call the self-love check-in. And we go through that. And that actually solves a lot of problems or at least brings a lot of clarity for like what's really going on. So just really quickly, I'll just tell you, I've broken self-love down into five different elements and they are self-compassion, self-worth, self-validation, self-care, and self-gratitude. So we always start with self-compassion. And so when somebody if somebody were to come to me and say, I'm doing everything and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying, I'm like, okay, let's t- stop, let's take a break, let's reset. 
let's do a self-love check-in. Let's go, you know, self-compassion. Are you being compassionate towards yourself right now through this process? When you're thinking about this, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, are you beating yourself up? Are you judging yourself or are you giving yourself a break? Because if you're beating yourself up and you're judging yourself, then it is extremely hard, if not impossible, to move forward. You're gonna really stay stuck. So we always start with self-compassion just as a reset. Like, okay, you're doing the best that you can with the tools and the resources that you have. Let's take a deep breath, right? Forgive yourself, let go of the judgment, and now we can move forward. And then we go to self-worth. And that is a really big question. And that is the question, and you touched on this in the opening, you know, this is one of your reasons, and I completely agree, that, you know, really asking, do I truly believe that I'm worthy of this thing that I want? Do I truly believe I'm worthy? And this is not a, a brain question, this is a heart question. So it's a question that you ask and you have to sit with it to hear the answer. And a lot of times the answer is like, ooh, I don't know. If it's something you're really struggling with, nine times out of 10, the answer is gonna be not, it's gonna be something other than hell yes. I fully believe I'm worthy of this. So then if the answer is anything other than hell yes, then we stop there and then we work on building up that self-worth. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And I could go into that, but I don't, you know, in the interest of time, Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, you tell me. (laughs) And so once we we work on the self-worth, then we move on to self-validation. And that is just, are you able to give yourself credit? Are you able to see what you're doing well, even if it's not perfect, even if you're not getting the exact outcome you want, are you able to give yourself that credit? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's important. And then self-care is really understanding like, okay, throughout this process of looking for love or what X, you know, whatever it is that you're, that you're going for, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel during this journey? Do I want to feel relaxed? Do I want to feel inspired? Do I want to feel excited? And really getting clear on how you want to feel that you're going to be in the most productive place to move forward and actually get what you want. And then, okay, what are the practices? What are the habits? What are the things that you can start to do in your life to help you stay in that mindset? Because if you stay in that mindset, it's going to be way, way easier to get what you want. So that's self-care. And then the last piece of this is self gratitude. And that is when you can really say, wow, I get to be me. I'm grateful that I get to be me. I see that my journey has purpose. I see that my life has purpose. I'm not an accident. My collection of traits and passions and interests, all everything I am meant to be. And so the the, the check in there is, can I start to be grateful for who I am? Can, Can I start to see the things about myself that are truly special and truly unique and really make me me and celebrate those things? So that's where I always start. Wow, that's a big start. That's a big start. That it, it does require some commitment and some dedication to whatever your goal is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd also add yeah. that too. You got to, you know, have whatever your goal. You, you really got to have a focused goal. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, you have to have a focused goal. And you also have to understand that, you know, when, when you talk about self-love and we talk about love in general, love is love is not just a feeling. It is a feeling. It is an emotion, but it's also a verb. It's an action. So you can be loving towards yourself and behave in loving ways towards yourself before you actually feel it. So, you know, with the self-worth thing, for instance, I and I ask my I have to ask myself this question and I, you know, I encourage my clients to ask themselves ask themselves this question, which is, if I truly believed I was worthy of this thing, what would I do? What action would I take? Even if you don't feel that, even if you don't feel that worthiness 100%, if you start to act like you do, then you're acting in a loving way towards yourself and that has power. And if you choose that enough over and over again, then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I do feel worthy. 
So the action piece of it is huge. It requires work. I would say to anybody listening to this, to us, to you, I mean, look, you can always learn more. I say it all the time. And I encourage people to dig deep. And because this is good stuff. What you're saying, what we say, it does work. It just requires, yeah. And I come from a fitness background, and I can just tell you that Rome isn't built in a day. You got to stay at it. You got to stick with it. But there is, you've got to learn to pace and not go so hard. That's what I'm saying with over efforting, it can backfire. I think trying too hard can also keep the thing you want away from you. Yes. Yes, Robbie Sharp. I totally agree. Francesca, do you coach men and women? I have coached some men, but primarily I coach women. Okay. I was curious about yeah. that. Yeah, 95% of my clients are women. Oh, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. really what is either gravitating towards you or you towards them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't sort of intentional. I mean, I, I kind of set out to coach anybody who wanted coaching, but I don't know if it's just because they relate to me and, you know, being, especially most of my women are, most of my clients are professional women. So I think they see me as understanding their challenges and their lifestyles and, you know, how, how challenging it can be to have so much of your life going so well, but having this one huge piece that you just feel like, what is going on? Like how, like, what am I doing wrong? How do I fix this? So I think that's why those those clients are, are drawn with me. But I actually I actually love working with men because I find that they really just do exactly what you say. <laughs> and I think that what you're bringing out, though, is I think an evolved man has to be open to listening to what a woman has to offer, an objective woman who knows what women like and can only speak, I guess, from experience. And I think a, a man should hear these things. And who else is he going to hear these things from? Another man? I don't think so. So I think it's really a valuable service for you to coach men. And I think men that are not taking advantage of your services are doing a disservice to themselves. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank I, you. I, I agree with Francesca. I have most of my clients are men. And they definitely, there's something in the dynamic, in the male-female dynamic. I don't know what it is, but they work really hard for me. And I think yeah. it's be, they don't want to let you down. They don't yep. want to disappoint you. I actually, for that reason, love working with men because they, yeah. they just try harder. Just, right. But what she's saying is that she's predominantly working with women right. right now. So that's an interesting thing. And I understand it. But I think that men that are not working with a female life coach for relationships, they're probably missing out on something. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah. you know, would you rather? Well, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the reason So you're why... not opposed to having men call you and seek your no, services? No, no, not okay, at all. Good. Not at all. And, and actually, the, you know, I, well, the first two guys that I ever worked with, they both got into relationships and got married like that. It was so fast. And I was like, oh, maybe I should only work with men. Like, this is amazing. Right. <laughs> this is so easy. This is cake. But yeah, it, like I said, it's just kind of who comes to me mostly as women. That's just what works out. But mm. I'm totally happy when men come my way. I'm happy to work with them. I love working with men. But yeah, it's just not, it's just not the, the common thing. But maybe it'll start to become more common. You know, there are people out there like you guys and you're talking about all of these issues and, you know, you are, I'm sure, 
a lot of your audience is men. You know, Robbie, having you here is helpful, but both of you, you know, obviously have that appeal. So yeah, who knows? It'll Hopefully that'll change. But right now it's women. We don't really know who our male, female demographic is. We, we, we don't have that analytic yeah, to us, but kind of data. we, we yeah. know what ios they're on or <laughs> what, how they're listening to us we can us, tell you but, what uh, city they're in yes we know that we can pinpoint mm-hmm. that but that's about it we are going to yeah. go to our third break what and yes we are moving forward god i haven't gotten to my list yet oh really you haven't <laughs> no well i'm, I'm I, on number you had, two you've gotten like seven lists no no i have my list all right I mean, we gotta we gotta but uh we are pick it up we are going to a break and we'll be right back with more from francesca hoagie and we are back. I'm doing everything right. What is going wrong? I think maybe unconscious self-sabotaging. Agree? Yeah, that's huge. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah, self-sabotage is huge. And and sometimes, honestly, it's just, it's trauma. Um, and I'm not, I'm no expert in trauma, but the more that I learn about it and how it really rewires your brain and makes it hard for you to do things that you want to do because your brain is like, danger, danger, danger. And that is an issue for a lot of people. And when I say trauma, I think a lot of times when people think of trauma, they think of, you know, like six o'clock news kind of trauma, Mm -hmm. like something really violent or abusive. And it's not always like that. There's no escaping trauma as a human. And there could have been a small thing that happened in your childhood, like, you were trying to get your mom's attention and she was like, not now because she was tired or, you know, distracted. And that was a traumatic event for you. And then created a story in your mind that your needs can never be met, you know? So some people have to, I think recognizing that, you know, maybe it's not just my fault, Mm -hmm. right? Like that I can't motivate myself to do something that I want to do or know that I should do. There's something else going on here. And it doesn't mean you have to go into therapy for, you know, 20 years to uncover the reason, but even just kind of giving yourself that emotional space to consider that there's not something wrong with you just because you can't motivate to do something or you're not having success in something that you're trying to do. So, yeah, I think that trauma is a, is a, is a big unrecognized piece of this puzzle. Oh, it's, it's huge. Trauma speaks to my fifth point, which was the past uh, and your past history is prologue. And if you aren't careful, you can bring the baggage of your past into your future or into your present. And that can stop you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think when, when people are really struggling with holding on to the past, I don't know. I, th- I think that there's, there's something very powerful about not trying to quote unquote fix yourself, but just considering the possibility that you can move past it. So to say to yourself, to have the compassion, going back to self-compassion, so I always start there, to say like, okay, this is something I'm really struggling with. I can't, I'm, I'm having a really hard time letting go of something, but I'm open to the possibility that I'm gonna figure out a way to move past this. Even if I don't know what it is right now, I'm open to that. Because mm-hmm. that's that's powerful for some people just to consider something new is is life-changing and then lessons start showing up and mentors start showing up and insights start showing up and you can really kind of change your life just by being open to the possibility that it can change even if you have no idea how yes it requires some heavy lifting though i think but it's not impossible to rewire especially 
I tend to work with uh, a little older segment, you know, midlife, and I can, and I'm right in there, and I'm a work in progress. And I will yeah. tell you that, you know, you Robbie do. and I, we got married later, and boy, was some of my ingrained, dug-in stuff, some of my old habits, wow, you know, it's not until mm-hmm. you th- you start to look at them do you realize this really has no place in my life anymore. This yeah. this needs yeah. to be discarded. Yeah. And And I think, and I love that you said that, and I think it's an important message for people to hear, because it's like we're so culturally culturally conditioned to think that once you find the quote-unquote right person then everything magically falls into place and you never have any problems you never have any insecurities everything is magical and the reality is like no like you're you're human you know and when you're in an intimate relationship that's more triggering than anything right like any other kind of relationship so it's really important to know that this is a journey and this is a process and you have to, that's what, going back to what I was saying before, that's why developing these tools are so important because then when you're in the relationship and things are coming up and you're feeling triggered and you're reverting to an old pattern, you're like, oh, I see what I'm doing right now. And you can recognize it and you can make a different choice. And that's how we change. And that's how you are able to have a happy, fulfilling relationship. Not because everything is magically easy, but because you know how to make the right choices to support that. Francis, when you're in the moment of realizing that you are confronted with a situation where you may be more comfortable taking the well-worn path that you've taken in the past, that it gets you nowhere, how do you combat that when you are confronting that right at that moment? How do you fight your own brain power to try something new? Yeah. Well, if you are able to have the presence of mind to see what you're doing. Because sometimes people are so reactive that they just don't even know. They have no idea what's going on. But if you have the presence of mind to say like, oh, I'm doing that thing again, then my advice in that situation is to take a deep breath and go back to the self-compassion. Like, okay, here we go. This is that thing happening again. I'm not going to judge myself for it, but maybe I can make a different choice right now than I have in the past. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can make a different choice. And just asking that question and you know you're not going to necessarily do it every time but if you ask yourself that question enough and you have that mm-hmm. awareness enough you will start to choose differently yes. i think there's also some trigger points that happen that cause people to naturally go to these places yeah uh, which is be... my issue it yeah. takes enormous amounts of presence of mind as you said strength and self-awareness and consciousness to be able to step Mm -hmm. outside your body for a second outside the situation and observe it and go okay i have choices here back to tennis for a second sometimes the easiest shot when it's like right there you know it's juicy you can taste it you're gonna kill it right and then invariably people just shank it and or Mm -hmm. they hit it right into the net they have all the time Mm -hmm. in the world They've got an entire court to work with, and they are so in their head, they're so determined to end the point or kill it that they screw it up. Robbie says to me, breathe, take your time, assess the situation, evaluate your choices, and then proceed. All within two seconds. 
But it's, yeah. it's possible. And that's, well, that's and that's the difference between being successful in anything. It's actually, it's funny that you guys are so into tennis. My my family is a ve- also very into tennis. I'm medium, but I was in New York last week, and we have a family tradition that we go to the U.S. Open. And so okay. I went to the U.S. Open last week, Excellent. and um, and I can't remember who I was watching play, but I was like, "There's no way she's going to win this match," and it wasn't a skill thing because her skill was clearly amazing, but I could just see how in her head she was. Mm-hmm. And, and I could see that it was like, Oh my God, you got this girl. Like you've got the most amazing backhand. Like this is your shot. Like this is, it's coming right to you. And she just flubbed the whole mm. thing. And it was so clear. I mean, being on the outside looking in, it's so right. clear to see how people do that. Of course, I'm not at the court on the court at the U.S. Open, um, so very easy for me to. And, say, and but... we see the pros make the same mistakes we make, and it always makes us feel good. See, they do the same thing. They they shank it. Yeah. They, they, and and it's well, just... and that's why. Yeah, we're human. We are. It's part of being human, right? So everyone deserves that compassion, yourself included. But I think like, you know, just like you're you're both saying, like if you can recognize your triggers, if you can like really sit down, and this is why working with a coach is so helpful because we need that mirror. We need that outside perspective sometimes, right? We can't always see it. Right. But if you are able to see it or get that support so you can start to see it, that's huge because then you're like, oh, one of the things I do with my clients is we create what I call an emotional toolbox. And what it is, is all of like the insights and the practices and all of the tools that they need to confront and to to deal with the inevitable challenges that are going to arise. Because when you're feeling really good, and maybe you just had an amazing coaching session, and you just mm-hmm. had this huge breakthrough, and you're like, oh my God, I got it now. Like the answer, oh my God, I see this so clearly. That's a beautiful moment. But what's going to happen a month down the road, two months down the road, when the same trigger happens, it's so easy to fall back into that same old pattern. So if you know yes. I get triggered in these particular situations, then yep. you can make a plan. So that's what the toolbox is about, making I, a I plan. I think the toolbox is a great idea. That is idea. a great idea. And taking a breath. Okay, back to the list. Actually, we have to wrap it up. Are you kidding? You know, oh, you're, a little, you're a little heavy hand on the list, I got to tell you today. You know, we got a lot to cover. We do, but Francesca did a great job of covering all of it. Don't saddle her with more list shit. We had a great, we had a great <laughs> co-pilot with yes. us today. Francesca, uh, please let us know how people can find you. Sure. You can always go to my website, which is francescahogi.com. Hogi like Yogi, H-O-G-I. And I'm also on all social media at Dear Franny. So if you go, I'd say Instagram and Twitter and Facebook are probably the best platforms to reach me, though I literally am, am on all of them. <laughs> so yeah, people can reach out to me and they can also follow my podcast at Dear Franny Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And they can book a free call with me as well. So if they, if they go to my website wonderful, or you go to my, um, or if you go to my Instagram, there's a link for you to yes. book a free call. Go so. to Francesca's website. I, I learned about the five new love rules that were very interesting. So oh, thank there's you. lots of good stuff there. And I have to ask, Francesca, are you in a relationship now? I am, and it is the only relationship I've ever been in that gets better and better. Oh, and I can't believe so it. Every day I'm grateful. <laughs> that is beautiful. Congratulations. But it took a lot of work. I Doesn't it though? It does. It does. It yeah. continues to, yeah. and it's a, it's a yeah. daily thing. It, it requires nurturing and caring and all of this yeah it's so great i'm so happy and you're able to apply what you teach to other people to your own life right yeah we hope so i mean i i do at least i try absolutely (laughs) my clients are amazing 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 teachers for me and one of the reasons why i love them so much 
So great. That's great. All right. Well, Francesca, thank you so much for being on the show today. And you can find thank us. Oh, yes. At, yeah. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. At Pretty DunbeingSingle.com. Follow us on Twitter. iTunes. Where else? Stitcher. Yeah. And so sign yeah. up, follow us, subscribe, and then uh, write a review. You know what? Why not? A good like one. People. Yeah. <laughs> Make it sure it's good. Exactly. Okay. Um, okay. Have a great week, everybody. We are done being single. Hopefully, everybody else is too. And thank you. And we will love you. Love you, honey. Love you too, Francesca. Yes, Francesca. This is you too, baby. <laughs> I love All you right. guys. All right. Everybody have a great week. Bye-bye. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs>